This podcast is a production of Faith Living Church. If you like what you hear, join us for church sometime in our Plantsville, Connecticut location, Saturdays, 6 p.m. or Sundays, 9 and 11 a.m. or online anytime at faithlivingchurch.com. This is a season for us to remember God with us. And he is with us, genuinely. He is. He is, and and never doubt that. And hopefully this Christmas will be spectacular Christmas for you and for your family as God reveals himself in difficult times. And God shows up and helps in difficult times. Be prepared. Now, let me ask you a question. Are you prepared for Christmas? Okay, three of you are. The rest of you are like, no! You know, I'm not prepared yet. I need another week or something or another. But uh, that's the question I'm asked. Well, you think about this. Jesus came around 2,000 years ago. And he came as a baby. You know, and they put him in a manger. And people were not prepared for his coming. They were not prepared. Although it had been prophesied that he, the Messiah, was coming and he came with the angels shouting and singing and all scripture fulfilled, but they were not prepared. They were not prepared for the Messiah. The Messiah is the promised deliverer, prophesied about. The Messiah is the anointed one, the Christ, the Savior, the promised deliverer who who would deliver us from all evil, but from our sin. But they weren't prepared. We talk about being prepared, but they were not prepared. Now, Jesus said, he's coming back again. Think about this. Will you be prepared when he comes back? Will you be prepared then? There's a song. Y'all probably know it. It goes like this. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her king, let every heart prepare him room. Now listen, this thing we've been seeing about in Christmas is like, let every heart prepare. Prepare room. To, have we prepared room for him? I mean, we've prepared room in our hearts and our lives for, for so much. Have we prepared room for him? Let every heart prepare room. Boy Scouts are prepared. Girl Scouts are prepared. The world wasn't prepared when the Messiah first came. And I'm not sure the whole world's going to be prepared when he comes back. <laughs> but hopefully you will be. Listen to what it says here. In Matthew chapter 1 verse 18. Just to echo our drama here this morning. It says in Matthew 1.18 it says... This is how Jesus, the Messiah, was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, 
she became pregnant. This is the power of the Holy Spirit. Hmm. Now, that could have been major tragedy because they stoned young girls who were pregnant and not married in the biblical days back in that time. That's just what they did. That was the law. But what if Christ had been born now? And and same circumstances, a virgin conceived. And I wonder if the the parents or the in-laws and things like that would have demanded an abortion. You think about that. In this day and time, that's, that's just as common as going shopping. You think about it. But I can't help but to wonder how many doctors and pastors and teachers and scientists and nurses and presidents and leaders and authors and builders and athletes and artists and musicians and great people have been aborted. I'm just going to tell you something. This is my heart. I just never could bring myself to the point of voting for anybody who was pro-abortion. I just could not do that. In this day and time, the most innocent of the innocent needs protection. And I just thank God that he sent his son. He didn't send him as a warrior. He sent him as the most innocent you can as a baby. And and they could have stoned her. Well, that's enough on that. That's not a a negative thing. And we just need to understand, too, if, if people have gone through those things in this world in which we live, God forgives sin, does he not? He does forgive. He, the thief on the cross, he forgave him. And, and all manner of sin, if we'll confess our sins to him. God with us. But with God, I want to tell you something. Miracles happen. Amen. With God, miracles, they do happen. Do y'all hang out with God at all? Uh let's see I'm going to come over there but I'm not supposed to go past that thing okay is that that okay with y'all all right let me tell you something about spending time with God God's with us, and oh, he loves us to talk to him and pour our heart out to him, ask him things, ask him for wisdom, sometimes just to love him and all. But sometimes, sometimes when you're alone, or maybe you're alone and it feels that way all the time, or maybe just sometimes, it's nice to have an empty chair. And it helps you to visualize in, in, in the depths of your heart that you're not alone.
You know, it's like, hey, Papa God, I thank you for always being there with me. And you know what? You can buy him a cup of coffee or hot chocolate, whatever you think he would like, or make you some. You know what I'm saying? And if you don't drink it, you have a second cup. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, sometimes and it can just be a table chair or a straight back chair in your bedroom or it can be a rocking chair. But sometimes it's nice to have an empty chair there to remind you when you pray and you spend time with him, God's with me, God with us. You are never, ever alone. Okay. All right. Uh, Matthew nineteen twenty six. it says, with God, all things are possible. Even miracles. Now, that happens to be what's on this cup. Now, it says here, with God, all things, and somebody put it in parentheses, 100%. All things, 100% are possible. Matthew 19, 26. Well, we had these made up. And when you leave this morning... Susan, I wanted you to have, this is a, a Christmas present we had made up. But, when I ordered these things, they were coral. They were that color. They're beautiful. I think they was even glowing like that light, you know. But when they showed up, they were pink. <laughs> you got to understand, I never liked pink. Until I had a little girl, Miracle. And then I kind of warmed up to pink a little bit. But I'm probably not ever going to drive a pink car, you know. And I'm not ever had a pink cup either. But there's one thing you can 100% count on. And you know I believe this to the core of my being. That God works all things together for good. For those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And someone the other day told me, I was meeting with them. But it might have been you, Brian. So well, the ladies are going to love that color, you know. So we got a brownie point with most of the ladies. But you can figure out your own story. It does match the chairs in here, I reckon. You know. And my wife told me, well, this is 2020. All kinds of crazy things happen, you know. Viruses and political unrest. and But maybe the canvas is not the best, <laughs> But the message is powerful. With God, all things, 100% are possible. They are. That's just the truth of it. You know, as an atheist and a Christian, we're engaged in an intense public debate. And on the blackboard behind the podium, the atheist printed in large capital letters, Now, I didn't have a blackboard I could use, but this is what he printed, is God is nowhere because he did not believe that God exists. And he said, God is nowhere. Well, when the Christian rose 
you know, to offer his rebuttal, he, he did something like this. God is now here. And that is the message of Christmas. God with us now. He's here. God sent him. That's the message that God's been trying to get us that we're not alone. And maybe an empty chair will help us to remember God is now here. He's with us, you know. Now, deep darkness has visited the this whole earth because of sin. It has, and it's, it's robbed so many from any glimmer of hope. And I want you to listen to what Isaiah foretold about the coming Christ. In Isaiah chapter 9, verse 1, it says, Nevertheless, the time of darkness and despair will not go on forever. The time of darkness, this is prophesied by the, the prophet Isaiah. Nevertheless, the time of darkness and despair will not go on forever. Light will shine and hope will come. And verse 2 says, the people who walk in darkness. And that's all of us. We've all sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. And the wages of sin is death. But. The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. And he says here, the people who walk in darkness will see a great light. This was prophesied a long time ago, and it was prophesied that it's going to happen someday. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. And it's something that they were all looking forward to for those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. There will be hope. This was prophesied. Isaiah prophesied it hundreds of years before Christ ever came. Let me read something out of the New Testament. It's just found in John chapter 3, verse 16. And it says, for God, he loved the world. And that's talking about you and me, not, not the earth the dirt and the grass and all. But he, God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son. He gave his only son. See, Christmas is a time for giving. And God so loved his, his creation, the world, his people, that he gave his own son. And... His son was given us hope. And the son, we know his name is Jesus, forgave us of all our sins. Listen to what it says in Jeremiah 29, 11. It says, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. 
Uh, he knows the beginning and he knows the end and every step in between it. And God is talking to you. I'm telling you, he's talking to you in this room and watch all those who are watching at home or in a motel room, wherever you might be. He says, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, and they are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope, which means a confident expectation for the future. No more deep darkness is what he's talking about. He has a plan for every one of us. Anyhow, going back there to John chapter 3, it says, For God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only Son so that everyone, what percentage is everyone? So that 100% who believes in him, and that's what you're required to do just to believe, who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Life in all of its Fullness. Do you believe enough to receive this gift of eternal life? You got to believe this. And, and, and he, he states that so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. Verse 17 says, God sent his son, Jesus, into the world, not to judge the world. So if you feel being judged by Christians, they're not acting like Jesus. I'm just telling you, they're missing the mark. Because Jesus did not come here as your judge to judge and to condemn and to criticize you. He did not. God sent his son into the world not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. A miraculous rescue I'm talking about. Verse 18 says, there is no judgment against you. Because he says here, there is no judgment against anyone. And I think that's also 100%. There's no judgment against anyone who believes in him. Do you believe in Jesus? There is no judgment for anyone who believes in him. But... Anyone, 100%, but anyone who does not believe in him has already been judged for not believing in God's one and only son. His name would be Jesus. If we don't believe, we've been judged from the beginning. Verse 19 says, and the judgment is based on this fact. God's light came into the world. His name is Jesus but people loved the darkness more than the light. You know what I'm talking about? Can you imagine that? It can be kind of dangerous going through this world. I don't know if I'm past that little mark or not. How would you like to go home like this? You're driving. 
I can tell you it could be a little bit treacherous. Don't you think it could be? I can't even get back to the pulpit here. But there are some people who love darkness. Would you like to give up your ability to see? You know, uh, Natalie Miano was here last night, and she just had uh, some cataracts removed off her eyes and off of one of them, and she's getting the other one done before long, and she's like, whoa, the colors, it's all amazing. You know? It's such a wonderful gift to be able to see and have light. Is there not? It is. It says, but here, verse 19 in John 3, and the judgment is based on this fact. God's light came into the world, but people love the darkness more. They loved the darkness more than the light, for their actions were evil. I love the light. I like to see. Don't you like to see? Oh, man. But there were some who loved the darkness more. And he tells us as we listen to what uh, the apostle Matthew had to say in Matthew chapter 4, verse 16. And he says, the people who sat in darkness have seen a, a great light. And, and maybe uh, did I bring it with me here. Well. That's one. But that ain't near as great as the light that they're talking about. You know what I'm talking about? It says, the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. The people who sat in darkness have seen, have seen. We read in the Old Testament that that this this darkness was going to cease one day. In the future, this right here says the people who sat in that darkness, they have seen. This is the past tense. It's done. Happened. They've seen a great light. A great light. And it brings great transformation. And it goes on and says, and for those who lived in the land where death cast its shadow, a light has shined. Is that also past tense? A light has shined? It happened the way it was prophesied. A light has come, a great light, and, and a light has shined. It, it has. You know, uh, I was reading this article about this little boy, and, and his name was Billy. And Billy was two years old, and Billy was rushed to the hospital several times because it, he had something that seemed like asthma. He just couldn't breathe. And I go to the doctor's office, and they tried everything. They did all the tests, but they, they could not figure out exactly what was going on because he wasn't allergic to things that most people who would have Asthma were allergic to and all this kinds of stuff that was going on. And, uh, but Billy was cute. He was just cute. So when he came to the doctor's office or the hospital, people just loved him. And one day he was rushed in and they put him in ICU. He just, this little guy couldn't breathe. And one of the, the new doctors who was there serving, you know, he, he must have got some these little things 
for Christmas or something. And he liked to poke and prod with them and stuff like that. And got his little light out, you know, and was looking in Billy's uh, nose and things. And you know what? Lo and behold, he reached in there of his forceps and he pulled out. Well, I could have used my forceps right then, couldn't I? He poured a black jelly bean out of Billy's nose that his brother put in there over a year ago. And when he pulled it out, you ought to have seen all the nasty stuff that came out behind it. He was a year old when that thing was put in there, and it had been in there for over a year. That was crazy. Now, I was going to eat the jelly bean. But after telling you all that junk that came out from behind it, I don't really know if I can eat it or not. Well, you think about it for a moment. That black jelly bean, not this one, but that black jelly bean represents sin. And Billy could not recover as long as that black jelly bean was stuck in his nose. And it was miraculous how long it took to remove that black jelly bean. Just a minute. And he tremendously recovered. Miraculously recovered. And the Bible tells us that God sent his son Jesus to remove that little black dot, that sin from our life. And once we confess our sins to God and he forgives us, did you know things in our life change for the better? Genuinely changes for the better. Verse 17, we just got through reading Matthew 4, 16. Well, let me finish verse uh, 17. It says, from then on, Jesus began to preach. Repent of your sins. We know repent means to turn from your sins and turn to God. For the kingdom of heaven is near. It's a, good health for Billy was near. Just had to remove that black jelly bean. And the kingdom of heaven is near to walk in the reality of, of almighty God with you. We allow him to remove that sin from our life. Now, do you remember, because I do, a, a time in history that was referred to as the Dark Ages? It was a, a sincere time. You look it up in history and you can study it. It was about 900 years of oppressive darkness in every form. About 900 years of the Dark Ages. And there ain't a whole lot that you can find that took place during the Dark Ages, you know. Kind of like, um, you, you know, the, uh, the, the books in the movie about Narnia. And there's one that was called Lion, the Witch, and the War. Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. That's right. You remember the kids? Yeah. All that. 
But in the one about the winter, and there was a witch there, it's a very godly movie, very powerful. It's, it inspires us to understand these truths. But what had happened, this witch had done some terrible things. And the statement that traveled along in the land where she lived, it was like, always winter, but never Christmas. It's always winter. It was all cold and lifeless and snowy and lifeless. No springtime, no flowers, no little birds and baby birds. And all. It was always winter, but never Christmas. I'm going to tell you something. The devil would do his best through the dark ages to keep it dark and to oppress us with the darkness. But in 1440, the dark ages had something on the forefront that was going to change everything. In 1440, a man by the name of Johannes Gutenberg, he ended the Dark Ages by inventing a machine called the printing press. And Johannes Gutenberg, the first book he ever printed was the Gutenberg Bible. I had the privilege of seeing that Bible at Yale University many, many, many years ago. It's probably been about 40 Two years ago now that I had the privilege. I had it all under glass and everything like that. But he took and he printed the Bible. And you know what the Bible did? It turned on a great light. God is with us. And that light has come. You know. uh, Before I get too far along. Have you heard about the stars? That's going to be shining tomorrow night. There's, there's a, that's Monday night. Is tomorrow the 21st? What a coincidence. I think it's a divine appointment, you know. Tomorrow night is what is referred to as a winter solstice. It's the longest night of the year, longest day, longest night. It's the longest period of darkness, and then things start getting shorter. And so because it's longer, you could say it's the darkest night of the year, and there's this great big old, you know, thing that's going to take place, you know, of all these, uh, what do they call it, a conjunction of Jupiter and Saturn. They're going to get so close together they're going to look big and, 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 and bright, like a bright star, a bright light in the heavens. You know, it's only going to last for about 45 minutes. The last time it appeared was on March the 4th, 1226. And that was 800 years ago. And many scientists and astronomers think that something like that must have happened over Bethlehem when Christ was born. There were two or three planets or stars that had crossed each other's path and it made this big bright star and history proves that the year that Christ was born, three of those somethings like that happened in the same year that Christ was born and that could have given enough of time for the wise men to have been following that star. I don't know all the details. I'm not the scientist or the 
astronomers and all that, but I'm just telling you, tomorrow, right after sunset, for about 45 minutes, there's going to be a big star in the heavens. I just think it's kind of pretty cool myself, you know. And I think it's pretty cool that we celebrate the birth of our Savior in the darkest time of our year. The light has come. Surely it has. Listen to what the, uh, the book of Matthew, chapter 2, verse 10 says. It says, when they saw the star, this is talking about the wise men. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. Wise men took a lot of time to pursue this star because they knew it was taking them to a greater light than what was in the heavens. Jesus, who is the light of the world. That's what the Bible teaches us. Well, listen to what it says here in the book of John. And, and we can learn something about Jesus here. And I'll try to point out every time he is being mentioned. But understand what's going on here. This is wonderful. It's magnificent. John chapter 1, verse 1 says, In the beginning, the Word already existed. Uh, the Word. Uh, did you know that Jesus existed before he was born and put in a manger? He is eternal. He's always been, along with the Father and the Holy Spirit. But he was not referred to as Jesus before he was named by Joseph. He was referred to as the Word. It's just like the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. And it says here, in the beginning, the Word already existed. When God first created the planet and all, the Word, the Word of God, who later became his son, already existed. The word was with God. It's talking about Jesus. The word was with God, and the word was God. He existed. He, not it. He existed, verse 2, in the beginning with God. God created everything through him. Now, what percentage is everything? What about the giant redwood trees? Yep, he created those. What about lions and tigers and bears? Yep, he created. What about you? He created you. What about all those snowy trees, mountains and all? He created them. Did you know that Jesus, by the commission of the Father who is greater, Jesus created everything on the earth? Did you know that Jesus created the tree that they chopped down and made a cross out of and nailed him to it? Did you know that Jesus created the iron ore in, in, in the mountainside that they they smelted it down and made big spikes and nailed him to the, to the tree with. Did you know that? Did you know he had created everything and he had the power to come down off of that cross anytime he'd wanted to? But he stayed on there because he loved you so much because somebody had to pay for your sins. And he says, I'll do it. He says in verse 3, God created everything through him, Jesus. And nothing was created except through him, Jesus. The word talking about Jesus gave life to everything that was created. And his life brought light to everyone. Jesus' life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness. And the darkness can never extinguish it. Let me show you something. I just happen to have a box of darkness here. Now, y'all be for free because this is kind of scary. 
be honest with you. I'm going to open. And I, I guarantee you 100%, I'm not pulling your leg. It's not a joke or something. This box right here, and it is a box. It looks like a book, but it's a box. It's full of darkness. And I'm going to let it out, and I hope it don't hurt you. No, it was in there. I promise it was in there. But darkness cannot overcome light. Never can. Never will. Darkness cannot overcome light. Now, I've got another little box right here. Can we turn the lights off down in here for just a second? You see something in there? See some light? And just in case you couldn't see it, there's some more light in there. Now, isn't that amazing? If, if you came here at 12 o'clock tonight and I was to light one match, could you see it? If it was total dark in this room? Yes. You mean it pierces the darkness? I could light a candle? And you could see that candle shining for a long ways off outside. Darkness cannot overcome light, but light can overcome darkness. And Jesus is the light of the world. And he says in verse 5, the light shines, talking about Jesus, in the darkness. And the darkness can never extinguish the light. And the demons of hell tried to extinguish God's son by nailing him to the cross. But he couldn't put out the light. You know what Jesus is like? You ever see them birthday candles that you put on somebody's birthday cake and they go and they go out and then they light back up? That's the way Jesus is. Verse 6 says, God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony in Jesus. And John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light, talking about Jesus. The one who is the true light is Jesus, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. And he came into the very world that he created. Jesus did, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But to all who believed him, and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. The light of the world. A lot of people reject him, but those who believe in Jesus and accept him, he gives the right for you to become children of God. They are reborn. You ever heard about being reborn? Born again and all those? He's just talking about like starting like life all over without any bad strikes against you. Just like being born and being so innocent. It says they're reborn, those who believe and have accepted him. Uh, reborn, but not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. So the world, so the word became human and made his home among us. And his first night's sleep was in a manger. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness and we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son, Jesus, the Word, uh, who is the light. 
is the Son of God. And verse 15 says, John testified about him when he shouted to the crowds. This is the one I was talking about when I said someone is coming after me who is far greater than I am. For he existed long before me from his abundance. We have all received one gracious blessing after another. Every blessing comes your way came from Jesus. For the law was given through Moses, but God's unfailing love and and faithfulness came through Jesus. Read that and say that. It's like, you want to get to know Jesus, the living word? This This is the mind of Jesus. You want to get to know him? You read his word. It produces faith. It produces hope and and tremendous degrees of hope and expectation. And it turns a light on. And you can see in this world, when you get into God's word, he is the living word. And listen to what it says in Psalms 119, verse 130. In the New King James, it says, the entrance of your words does what? Gives light. Like the entrance of, of batteries into a flashlight or electricity into it gives light. The entrance of God's word into us, it gives light. And, and light is powerful. Uh, light causes everything to grow. Did you know that? Uh, light brings all kinds of vitamins, at least vitamin D that I know about. And you know those turkey vultures down south, we'd call them buzzards. And they find things that are dead on the side of the road, terrible things, got hit by a car. Or there's another animal there, died from rabies. And what will them turkey vultures do? They fly down and they eat it. You, you know that, right? God set that up so that disease don't just keep spreading, but they consume it. And then they'll go up to an old dead tree somewhere and they'll sit there and they'll hold their wings out like this. And the sun, light, kills every germ on their body. That is amazing. Those ultraviolet rays from the sun, it, when you think about it, it, it's sterilized by the sunshine and focused light. Science has figured out how to focus light and it becomes a laser and it can cut through big old pieces of steel like that, just like hot butter. And they can also take those lasers and do all kinds of surgeries in your eyes and parts of your body without a whole lot of invasiveness because they concentrate the light and they can use it for good. And the entrance of God's word into us, the the word was with God and the word became human and dwelled among us. It's talking about Jesus. And as he comes into our life, this light, it causes us to grow. It greatly, greatly benefits us. And he says it gives understanding to the simple. Psalms 119, verse 29. Oh, powerful passage here. I'm going to read it to you out of the Message Bible. It says, every word, every word you give me is a, what's it say? A miracle word. You mean these are miracle words here? That's exactly what I'm talking about. Jesus was a miracle. With us. God with us. Miracles do happen. He was a miracle born of a virgin. And when we allow him and his word into our life, miracles still happen. And he says it right here in the Message Bible. Every word you give me 
is a miracle word. How could I help but obey? Oh, I want to obey everything you say because it is a miracle word. The living word of God, Jesus. He was a miracle, is a miracle, works miracles in us. Listen to what he says in Psalms 107 verse 20. God, he sent out his, what's that say? His word and healed them. With his word, snatching them from the door of death. And then you remember in uh, John three fourteen, it says, As Moses lifted up the bronze snake on a pole in the wilderness, so the Son of Man, Jesus, must be lifted up. And we know he's lifted up on a cross. So that everyone who believes in him will have eternal life. And what happened is when people were coming out of the, the bondage of Egypt, the Israelites, and they got to complaining and wish they was back in Egypt and this, that, and another, wish they had garlic and not just eating man all the time and snakes. Because of their complaining, the Bible says snakes came out from under all the rocks and was biting people. As soon as they would bite them, they had just a very few minutes and they were dead. And they went to Moses and Moses talked to God and God said, put a pole up in the center of the camp and put a little brass, bronze, a snake on it. And anybody who gets bit by that serpent... Just look at the serpent that I put on the pole out there. And the venom will, will, will stop and you'll live. But people who was in there saying, I got bit by the snake. He said, just look, oh, I don't believe that stuff. That's actually what happened. And that's right here, right before John three sixteen, As Moses lifted up the bronze snake on a pole in the wilderness, so the son of man must be lifted up, and we know, on a cross, so that everyone who believes in him will have eternal life. And you know, in uh, Nome, Alaska, way, way back many years ago, they had a terrible uh, epidemic of uh, diphtheria. And the children began to get in. They had tons of kids there. But th- th- there was tremendous storms. And in Nome, Alaska, they get lots and lots of snow. But at this time, they were having snow of 10-foot drifts. You know, the temperature was down to minus 50. And they had none of the antitoxins to fight this diphtheria. And uh, they had a teletype. And they sent word. And there was this uh, town called Nulato and uh, a city. And, and they got together all the medicines of this antitoxins that they could. But there was no way to get it to them. And then these men who had dog sleds. They had 20 teams of dogs and and sleds and they said, we'll get it to them. So they begin to transport in this horrible blizzard. Snow just up to 10 foot high, the most brutal conditions they'd had in a decade. And it normally took from that city to Nome, Alaska, it normally took 60 days because it was 674 miles on dog sled. Usually takes 60 days. And they got it there. At tremendous risk to their own lives in five and a half days. Unbelievable. Look it up in history. It's fantastic. There's stories and books about it. There's movies about it. But they took that antitoxin and the children were cured. I'm going to tell you, 
Jesus has done something as phenomenal or greater than that. And he has given us a cure for sin. The wages of sin is death. We don't make it to heaven because of sin in our life. But Jesus forgives us. That's why he came to this old earth. That's why he came. You know, darkness cannot extinguish that light. It says in Romans 12, verse 21, it says, Don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. Conquer evil by doing good. And that's what the Bible tells us, that doing good is the light. Doing good lets the light shine out. Uh, Doing good is like this. When you do some good, what happens? I don't know if y'all can see that or not. Can y'all see that? When you do some good, light comes out when you do some good. And when you follow the example of Christ, you allow his light to shine brightly. Listen, Matthew 5, 14, and I'm just about done here. It says, you, Jesus was talking about you, you are the light of the world. Oh, I thought John eight twelve says that he was the light. He said, I am the light of the world. But now you come and believing in him. He says, now you are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket and set a lamp is placed on the stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise the heavenly father. God's word, it builds faith in us and it gives us hope and it gives us light. And God's word, it pierces the darkness. Man, we got to cling to his word and believe what he has told us in his word and honor God by letting the light of his word shine out of us. That's why we have all these lights at Christmas. Did you know that? Why? The darkest time of the year. Why does everybody put lights up on their house? And put them all over the trees and things like that. Because Jesus is the light of the world. And when we trust in him, then he says we are the light of the world. Oh, there's a little gift there. It says... You are forgiven. Is that a pretty cool gift? You are forgiven. It says in Romans 10, 9, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord, and I declare that you are Lord, you are my Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You'll be forgiven. You'll be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you're made right with God, and it's by openly declaring your faith that you're saved. That's it. It ain't complicated. Some religious people try to make salvation complicated, try to make getting to heaven complicated, like they control it or something. You just got to believe in him and that he rose from the dead. I'm going to tell you with God, miracles do happen. And there's a miracle waiting for each and every one of us every day of our life. Miracles happen being with him. That's just the truth of it. There's a song, and maybe we can just close with it together. It goes like, Oh, come let us adore him. Oh, come.
come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. Christ the Lord, the promised Messiah the light of the world who pierces the darkness. The great light has come and it will never, ever be extinguished. His name be Jesus. And I would like to pray and reaffirm our faith in him right now. And if you don't know Christ, would you pray with us and declare your faith in him today? If you're in this building or if you're watching us online and you're joining, would you declare your faith right now? Maybe you've Drifted away from Christ. Maybe now's the time to get right with him again. But as we pray right now, I'd ask Susan if she would come on up here with me for just a moment. But would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, I believe that you sent your son Jesus because you love me. And I believe that Jesus took my place. And he Gave his life on the cross. And he gave his life on the cross. To wash my sins away. To wash my sins away. I receive Jesus. I receive Jesus. Into every area of my life. Into every area. As my Savior. As my Savior. As my Lord. As my Lord. And my King. And my King. The resurrected Jesus. The resurrected Jesus. Is my King. Is my King. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for forgiving me. And help me, O Lord, to learn your word. And help me, O Lord, to learn your word. To hide it in my heart. To hide it in my heart. And let that light shine out for others. And let that light shine out for others. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.